thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Henry. Guys, you have heard me mention them before, but Henry is helping freelancers everywhere. If you are a PT, writer, social media coordinator, or just anyone working for themselves, you need Henry. I use it for all of my blog writing and social media side hustles, and it is a literal lifesaver when it comes to tax. No more unexpected tax bills. It's basically like having your own online accountant, but for a lot cheaper. See the link in the bio to jump on Henry now. If you are sick of being confused about your tax, you will want to get around it. Thanks, Henry, for supporting the podcast. Let's get on with the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. I've got two exciting guests here today, Catherine Emerson and Christine Jensen from Colonel. How are you guys both? Wonderful. Full names. Yeah, really good. Thank I you. know, that was very formal. <laughs> the formal intro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I did that, actually. I just no, to took fair, over me. I grow up when people call me Catherine because literally my mum only calls me Catherine, except for some people at work, and it really throws me because I'm like, am I in trouble at work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Megan told off. Yeah. <laughs> or when you answer a serious phone call, you're like, hello, this is Catherine. So good. Yeah. yeah, I do that. I do that. Yeah. Must have been the tone of the episode because we're going to be talking about something that is so important and probably a bit more serious than other topics and something that needs to be covered more than it is. Um, So that's mental health and money and sort of how they interact with each other. And I think it's an interesting conversation because it's something everyone would experience, um, being stressed about money, financial stress is so common, but often I don't think something we can really discuss with each other. Um, so I'm keen to get into it with you both. Christine, this is your first time on a podcast, so welcome. <laughs> Hopefully you're not nervous Thank that you need to it. No, I, you're doing a great job of making us comfortable. So. <laughs> Perfect, that's all I like to hear. Um, so I reckon the, the first thing I'd like to sort of talk about is um, how our financial situation can affect our mental health and with the year we've had, um, won't go into it, but you know, COVID, et cetera, um, how that has, I guess, played a part in us all feeling really exhausted at the moment. So what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So I guess, um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. One of the things that I read a little while ago is, um, this was actually from a PWC study at the end of 2019, that 65% of women and 52% of men said that financial matters were their number one cause of stress. Mm. And that was pre-2020. And I think from, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I hate shit. to see the stats on yeah, that now. Exactly. And, and you're right. It's not something that we talk about often, but it is, I think, really important to discuss, particularly for your audience, because... I know myself as a listener of this podcast and as the type of person that loves your content, you know, most of us are very goal driven and ambitious. We want to be, you know, improving ourselves, which is why we listen to this type of stuff. Mm. And then when you have some kind of financial hiccup or roadblock that comes along, it's often really, really hard to overcome that, particularly if you are working towards a um, you know particular goal. And I think as an example, like, I talked about this early on in sort of the pandemic last year where um, my husband lost his job and as the family CFO, for me, I was like, I am going to get upset about this. I have failed. Like, you know, um, we, 
you do all of the right things and all of the stuff that you really you know that you know you read about your emergency fund we didn't have an emergency fund yeah (laughs) you know we were wanting to invest and we couldn't invest anymore we had all of these goals and things that we were working towards that just immediately were off the table and to readjust to that new reality was really really hard for sure um particularly in a year where a lot of other people were experiencing the same and I found that very isolating Mm. because you know even though our family and friends wanted to help we were hyper conscious that they may also be struggling or you know facing challenges and I think where we're at now which is a year on we thankfully do have an emergency fund (laughs) so I'm feeling a lot better about that but the I suppose the tipping point for me in the last like couple of weeks has been it's a new year and we're looking forward to new things but we're really really tired you know yeah. it's, it's been it's been a, a year of having a lot of financial resilience and mm. we can get to talk about like resilience fatigue but I felt that well okay if I'm feeling a little bit like this there are definitely going to be other people out there feeling like this as well yeah. um, and you know how do you overcome that initial hurdle but then also like how do you continue on and make sure that you're looking after yourself as much as you look after other people and your finances yeah yeah well thank you so much for being like vulnerable about that because it's not mm-hmm. easy and I think a lot of people would feel very much the same but sort of touching on what you were saying it, it's hard especially in times like COVID-19 and all of that to be vulnerable because you feel like you're burdening other people who are going through the exact same thing. So a hundred percent. And I think, you know, in this year, it's funny because literally some days I'll be like, it's 2021. We're doing awesome. I'm so proud of where we've come from. And then the (laughs) next day I'm like, Oh my God, we're so far from where I want to be. And it's like, Yeah. yeah. And it's really hard. And I think it's just acknowledging that and acknowledging that no one is, perfect our situations are not perfect and it's okay to talk about these things yeah you're exactly right any thoughts on that thing yeah definitely I feel like it's a hard act to follow (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I think in terms of um, our financial situation affecting our mental health what I'm particularly interested in and find myself getting into is the cyclical nature of how much both can go hand in hand so Mm. if you have let's say if your mental health is decreasing or you're feeling you know under not as great as you have been then that's going to affect your finances but if your Mm. finances aren't as great that's going to affect your mental health so what is the solution to get out of what might Mm. seem like a downward spiral Mm. and I personally think the solution is action but I think it's also finding a balance and not being too hard on yourself so um, yeah I find that particularly interesting and as Kat said like COVID is just such a curveball the security of income and all of those kind of subtle um, stresses that you don't realise can kind of creep mm. up on you, you know, Absolutely. and then hit you in the face when you least expect it, basically. Yeah. And I so, think, yeah. With, yeah, with money um, and finances, it can be really hard because people already don't understand that when times are great. Yeah, mm. and we don't want to talk about it, right? No. Like, I think this is the other thing is to t- even talk about money when you're feeling good about it with family and friends is often quite hard Definitely. and still a taboo. Yeah. Mm. So if you are feeling stressed about your financial situation, um, it's 10 times harder. And one one thing that I also found, you know, a real personal struggle was this trade-off between wanting to feel grateful because we are still very very lucky you know particularly being in New Zealand right now we are very lucky to all be back be back at work and be living our lives and enjoying things mostly normally 
but then also on a personal level we were very lucky that you know we had a house and we could still afford to buy all of our groceries and Mm. you know do things that we needed to do to continue on but it was really hard and so I suppose like the realization for me last year was that everyone's challenges are individual to themselves and it's totally okay to acknowledge that your struggle regardless of other people's struggles is like valid yeah you know it's not a competition if you're feeling shitty about something you should acknowledge that and it's okay yeah definitely I think the messaging around being grateful also was so prominent and in your face that sometimes you felt like you had no right to feel absolutely yeah I agree yeah which is really hard because then you're toying between okay I'm actually really struggling here so I'm not going to reach out because I should be grateful that I live in an amazing country with an amazing government and blah 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 absolutely and I think like on that one of the things that we found really hard was it wasn't so much you know losing a job was stressful but it was more like the loss of all the things that we wanted to do yeah you know and and that's a really unusual concept for me because both me and my husband are type a personalities we love, <laughs> love like that. i am like spreadsheet queen we're you know those people that are like Under we want to and yeah we yeah. want to do this thing and, and and work towards it and then when that was absolutely not a possibility and a lot of the things that we were working towards had to be like, Mm. you know, indefinitely put on hold, I really didn't know how to handle that. I wasn't well equipped to, Mm. you know, come to terms with that. And it put a lot of stress on us as a couple, but then also individually. And now, you know, starting to work our way through that, it's like, well, being conscious of, I suppose, yeah, just opening up about it and, reaching out for help to try and find you know your equilibrium again yeah for sure did you find that as well Christine um yeah definitely on the note of kind of sacrifice and for me it's like the comparison as well Mm. as like you know what are other people sacrificing versus what am I sacrificing and Mm. um that's so true like my sacrifice might feel so huge to me but it might be so insignificant to others Mm. and vice versa and so I think it's all about I guess staying Mm. grateful like you said but also present as to so true the reality of our environment and what's around us and Mm. who we're comparing to and all these kinds of things and on the flip side of that when things did start to go up for some people and some businesses began to really grow and some people made Mm. something of the whole situation it was then well I'm not going to talk about that because other people are still struggling and then you've got to be careful around your personal messaging and that's just really hard as well to navigate I I think from a personal standpoint I was on I guess the flip side a little bit to Kat in that I wasn't personally that affected by COVID I was lucky Mm. enough to keep my job and um, you know my income wasn't reduced but in the position that I was in at the time the company grew so significantly that it was really stressful because having Mm. to also have my partner his income was dropped and then to be not in that position it was really hard to relate or find a way when you're in a company that's Mm. growing and thriving and you're working long hours and all that kind of thing how does that kind of sit because it's it's like how do you find a place to show empathy and compassion when you're really unaffected or what it feels like yeah that's so true yeah yeah Yeah. and I, I think that is definitely hard I mean how have you found it, Sarah? <laughs> You've had a lot of life changes in the last 12 months. Yeah, I almost feel like my life changes are so um, almost far from COVID situation in a way because with work, um, 
I was I had never had any fears that I was going to be made redundant or anything. Like I just joined as a grad and it was kind of like guaranteed that you were still going to mm. stay there and very solid. And I was able to work from home throughout the whole time. Um, but then I guess after that, deciding to quit my job was then created an onslaught of people being like, are you sure you want to do that in this current climate? Yeah. Are you sure you want to risk that? And I guess Which having- is funny, right? Because I guess that's more a reflection of how they feel about that totally. as opposed to how well equipped you are to handle that change totally and I think um the a way in which COVID did affect that was just adding a whole another sense of pressure to that decision leaving your job when you're young and have your whole life ahead of you anyway could be a pretty easy decision to make because you know you can just jump into another job but when you're constantly hearing from all these employees you talk to on the podcast how every time they put an ad out 500 people apply for it Mm. you're thinking how on earth am I going to stand out and Mm -hmm cut through the noise um but I think a lot of things tie into that when it comes to your self-belief and like what you actually want out of um your job and your career and for me the unhappiness that my job was causing me um was too much to just stay there and work through it anyway yeah um but I mean very lucky in my sense to be living at home and sort of not have any real commitments at this point in my life (laughs) no mortgage or kids or anything like that so um very lucky but I think the idea around resilience fatigue isn't Mm. actually something I've heard with that title put on it but when you told me about it I was thinking this is so a thing this is so something people have been experiencing how would you define that yeah so I guess like resilience fatigue is basically when you are you know so tired or overwhelmed or fatigued with the fact that you've had to be resilient for a certain period of time you know typically we talk about resilience as like you've had a shock to the system and you immediately need to be resilient in that situation. And it's a short term thing. Mm. And I was really interested about this this morning as I looked up like a chronic definition of like a chronic illness is anything that continues on for more than three months. And if you think about it, like the effects of COVID and some of the separate, you know, people still being separated from their family and friends in a lot of instances Mm. um, or having significant changes to the like their day to day has been a chronic happening for a lot of people and we're not you know built to be resilient for (laughs) 14 months on end (laughs) you know like we're built to fight or flight and be resilient in that moment of like panic or stress or something happening and naturally like now we're I think particularly in New Zealand where things are going back to normal and things look to be normal if Mm. you're not feeling normal that's okay. Mm. You know, if you, and I had this moment like in the last couple of weeks where I have been feeling a little bit flat and, you know, probably the number one warning sign for me is I was like, I didn't write any new year's resolutions, which for a type A personality is (laughs) not not a normal behavior. So, and I was like, you know, thinking about that and really reflecting on it. And then when I thought about last year, I was the person in our household that had to be the most resilient person because I am the one that takes responsibility for our budgeting and the finances, but also I had the job. So Mm. I was still able and lucky enough to be working. And for my husband, he went through a whole range of like emotions around basically his career in a certain field ending far sooner than he anticipated Mm. that it would. So 
I was like a lot of the support person, I suppose, for the day-to-day stuff in that instance. And it kind of dawned on me in the last few weeks. And I'm like, holy crap, I am just tired of that. You know, like I haven't had anything that's really materially changed or impacted in my world in the last month or two. But I'm just really tired of being really strong or like, you know, being okay about it. Exactly, exactly. And it's really, really hard to admit that. Um, Mm. And then I think, you know, to Christine's point about, this cycle of you worry about finances or you worry about your mental health but you don't know what to do with that one challenge that I found and I'm sure other people find is like the cost of seeking professional help can often be a bit of a prohibitor to do it and you know I Luke and I will go out for dinner and happily spend 100 to 150 (laughs) dollars on like a really nice date night but the idea of putting that same amount of money into an hour of professional help kind of, you know, makes me a little bit uneasy. Totally. And I yeah. just need to, you know, and it's it's that kind oh, of so dilemma, it. right? I, I can so resonate with that. Holy yeah. moly. I, I just, it's so like, what do you value? And all of those, there's so much wrapped into how much value do you play, like place on that thing? And yeah. what is the, the outcome that you're going to get by investing in that thing right yeah Yeah. and I think if you're that kind of personality where you're very practical and you want to see like practical changes and you're like okay so if I invest this amount of money what's the result that's going to come from Mm. that and you can't necessarily put that value onto things like therapy or counseling no Um, it's very much like an internal sort of change that you're in a feeling it's not so much an end result yeah. um, which I think or is so or it's not hard. a result that you're going to see for quite a while yeah, yeah. totally you know, yeah. often these yeah. things in both the positive and the negative sense like you know are underlying for quite a period of time until they blow up and then yeah. you realise that there's a problem and then when you start working on it you know it's not an overnight fix no. you're not going to all of a sudden feel like you're better equipped to deal with the situation that you're in and if anything a lot of the time I think you're going backwards before you, you're going forwards and totally yeah the COVID thing might be the trigger, but then before that, there might have been heaps of other things that have led <laughs> yeah, up to this yeah. point. Anyway, suddenly exactly. you're going through your life yeah. story <laughs> yeah. and you're like, do I really want to do that? Yeah, what did you learn about money when you were five? Yeah. And what did your mum teach you or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get in deep, yeah. Yeah, it can be, it can be so... Um, so hard uh, to I guess admit to yourself that you feel like that and then to go out and seek help mm. for it, especially as we were talking about before when everyone in air quotes is feeling the same way or they've got some stress on them um and that kind of thing so do you think there's any way like what do you guys think about being like stopping that stress how how would you how have you done that for yourselves uh so as I said before for me it's all about action and Mm -hmm. I think it's finding a way to get out of the um I guess you could say it without for lack of a better term, victimhood or like Mm. feeling sorry for myself in a way or like I'm so hard done by blah, 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 um, to try to, okay, if that's how I'm feeling, what am I doing about it to to make a change? Because if Mm. I'm not actively trying to change something, then I can't expect different results. So that's things like um, taking back control, I think is one. So when we feel like we're in control of our money or, you know, we've got a great budget that we actually follow or whatever Mm. it is, then you can feel like you aren't so overwhelmed because you have a handle on things and that can mm-hmm. reduce your stress or like just kind of put you at ease. And then things like paying yourself first or auto investing rather than, you know, a large sum of money, it's out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind. So you know that you're kind of contributing to building your wealth and getting some good habits behind you. Yeah. I'd say that's probably yeah. how I approach it. 
Yeah, I think that's all really, really good. One thing that I um, actually heard on the weekend, like listening to a podcast that really made me think about this was, um, it was, you know, two high performance sports people, Olympians talking about like their struggles with mental health. And they said one of the day-to-day things that they do if they, you know, and not at the point of wanting to seek professional help, but can feel themselves either in a bit of a lull or, you know, in a particularly sort of like negative space is do things that make you feel like you. Mm. And I think that's a really good starting point to then be able to do some of the stuff mm. that Christine's talking about, because if you do not feel like you're in a positive headspace and you don't know how to get out of that, sometimes taking action can be quite hard. And I thought that was a really simple way. And like thinking about that for myself, I was like, the simple things I know that make me feel like me are getting really good night's sleep. I am the grumpiest person if I don't sleep. So I was like, you know, I said to my husband, like for the next two weeks, I just really want to focus on going to bed early and trying to get some really good sleep because I think that's going to make me feel like I'm in a better situation. Um, You know, if exercise is your thing, like doing some more of that, if you're the type of person that gets fulfillment and enjoyment from others and like Mm. energy from others and catching up with people is important, that sort of stuff you know for me it's not it's making sure that I have like my own time and Mm. some downtime and giving yourself permission to take a step back and say actually I need to you know set this time aside to read a book or get my nails done or do something that is like Mm. for me so you know starting with things that feel make you feel like you and then you know once you've got that I suppose a little bit more reinforced taking some of those steps around is my stress here about money? Am I worried about my job? Is it about what we're working towards? Do I need to talk to my partner or my family about it? Oftentimes going to someone else, like you know, your partner or your family can be quite hard because they may be close to the situation as well and on a different you know, mindset or like Need mental space to you at that point in time. So yeah. yeah, but talking to others is very important. I think taking note as well of when you feel... Um, I guess most like yourself or when you are feeling really satisfied with what you're doing is important because often mm. you might ask someone that question and it takes them about five minutes to think, okay, what are the things I actually enjoy? So when yeah. you, the next time you do feel in that way, taking note that you do feel good about the situation is really yeah. important as well. And it's hard to recognize, I think, sometimes when mm. you are feeling a bit shitty. And, yeah. you know, one thing actually just really practically that I have done this year because um, – I think particularly after last year, having really like, well, not, I was about to say having really good mental health is like a goal. And it's just like such a type A statement. Just being in a positive headspace yeah. is a goal and something that is important to me. So um, I have tried really hard to get back into journaling to just literally like at the end of the day, note down a couple of things like, how did I feel about, did I eat healthy today? Did I exercise? Mm. Did I get a good sleep last night? Like what were a couple of things that happened so that then in, you know, two weeks or four weeks time, if I am feeling flat or I am feeling low, I can look back on that and be like, okay, is there some kind of pattern here? Or Mm. is this something that I'm doing consistently that's not helping me? And then I have some information to help me change that. Yeah. 
exactly right yeah i was i was actually gonna say journaling is my go-to for and i was actually talking with sam in the office yesterday about index journaling so it's the idea of kind of organizing your thoughts so then you can go back and have a look at them when you are feeling down or whatever Mm. and look at the great times as well as maybe the not so great times so you can reflect on how far you've come or or whatever it is and then for me also it's like my morning coffee yeah. non-negotiable I don't care what they say about cutting out your coffee like that no, is no. me time 100% so. yeah. it's knowing what you value and what you want to prioritize isn't yeah. it like I always yeah. talk about this on the podcast um how I just don't believe that people who say you know you need to cut out your coffee to grow well oh. I just I'm not of that opinion whatsoever <laughs> yeah. and I think you need to work out exactly what it is that you want to prioritize and that you value for me mm-hmm. I get my nails done consistently every three to four weeks and that is just something I will it's a non-negotiable for me yep. and it's yep. something I do for myself yep. and it's something I always justify But it makes you for. feel like you, right? It's yeah, like totally. It's and you yeah. need that. Yeah, and that's where I think the value of, of knowing yourself is so key and that's mm. quite a broad thing to say, knowing yourself. But it is something I touch on quite a bit because I think if you can understand who you are, mm-hmm. it helps not only yourself to work through everything but everyone else to support you in, in the same way. On, yeah. on that, actually, I think just... There also, Kat and I were recently talking about like being a spender versus a saver and that kind of thing. And like, it is like value, knowing what adds value to your life to what you spend it on or spend mm. your money on. So, yeah. like, nails for you or whatever. I, you might really like that, but I might really like traveling. And so, okay, mm. I'm going to forego that expense to do this other thing, but I know that that's going to bring me more joy and then contribute mm. to my wider mental health or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I just find that it's yes. like the opportunity cost of my coffee exactly versus right. your nails yes. or, or whatever yeah <laughs> and that's that is a very fair point because it's often a challenge when people are thinking about money and achievement is there is always that trade-off between spending on things that you enjoy and make you feel great now versus mm. the future and mm. you know we can really easily get caught up in saving towards some goals in the future because we want to have a house or we want to have this thing or we want to go on holidays or do this or this um oftentimes at the expense of kind of our everyday happiness now you know like there is there is the too far side to budgeting where (laughs) you you need to have that awareness of like what is it that I value and that makes me feel great and what do I need to spend on that what should I be putting aside now for those sorts of things yeah definitely I I think it's hard for people to actually start that process Mm. as well I mean I have people um comment on my podcast a lot and say, you know, there'll be times where I'll listen to 10 in a day and I'm like so motivated, but there's other times where I'm pretty much avoiding a majority of your episodes because it stresses me (laughs) out having to think about money, even though I just want to put it out there. I try to do everything in a non-intimidating, easy, chill way, but I think it doesn't matter. You bring up the conversation of cash money investing Mm. it just scares people you could explain it in the easiest non-intimidating you know way and Mm. people still just don't want to hear it and I think Mm. getting over that that hump that barrier is so important because this the as soon as you start it's like a uni assignment you're dreading it and then as soon as you make one tiny bit of progress like oh I could have started this two weeks ago it would have been so <laughs> yeah. much easier yes. um so I think this is very similar that sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and mm. take that first step and then the rest is semi downward slope and there'll be like bumps but you know a bit easier than the first initial part of just getting into it yeah yeah I Absolutely. also I think it's like sometimes it's okay not 
to like be able to take that feedback or to mm. you know face off with that fear because often it is it does come from a place of fear of avoidance or whatever like it's okay the compassion element to be compassionate towards yourself to like okay this is a journey and it's mm. a long-term thing that I can build rather than be like I mean contrary yeah. to what I said get into action but you know yeah. maybe it's okay sometimes to it delay. comes back to knowing yourself again yeah, right yeah. like you've got to know when you can handle I mean if listening to a podcast about budgeting is literally going to make you so anxious to the point where you can't eat then recognize that and yeah. know that okay obviously now's not the time to be engaging in that sort of content yep. but if you can engage in something similar even if it's not a podcast if it's like reading something or talking to someone even just whatever's the easiest way to do it that you can handle I think it's like knowing that and then using yeah, that to help yeah, you definitely. yeah hello just me on my own quickly interjecting to chat a bit about the sponsor of today's episode Henry so I currently still do some casual freelance blog writing and social media work with the help of Henry tax time aka right now is so much easier. I don't even think I would have this little side hustle going if uh, my accounting wasn't so easy. If you are a freelancer or a contractor, I 100% recommend Henry so you don't need to deal with any of the confusing stuff and just get on with the work that you truly enjoy. Thanks again, Henry, for sponsoring this episode and making my life a lot easier in so many ways. Let's get on with the episode. I think one other thing with, you know, new year, new me, 2021 <laughs> being better than last year, um, probably my mantra of last year and something that um you know a mentor told me once was like a year is not a long time mm. and that's something that I've really had to work on being a very driven person because it's so true in mm. you know to your point Christina like in the whole scheme of your life a year is not a long time mm. so if you have to delay something or if you don't achieve something in the time frame that you thought you would, or if you just need to take some time doing something else as opposed to, you know, on this path that you thought you were on, mm. a year in the scheme of your life is not going to make an impact on that. Yeah. You know, like That's it's so true. just give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. I did a post Cut on this exact <laughs> Yeah. I did a post on this exact thing like the other day. Um I don't know if you guys saw it, but the post it said actually I have time and it was just like a reminder oh, of yeah. myself. Yeah. Like, actually, yep. chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would take a deep breath, please. Like, yeah. you have some time. And for me, so I'm the type of person who I'll spend, say, two weeks not upskilling in anything or, like, mm. listening to anything mm. that's productive. And I'll just be listening to the most, you know, pop culture type stuff that has no relevance to my actual life. And then I think, I'm wasting so much time. Like, I've spent two weeks not upskilling. <laughs> like, yep. You're going, you're falling behind. But yeah, I think that's when I just tell myself, okay, this is so in your head right now. You yeah. need yeah. to just take a step back and relax, essentially I, chill out. I, I feel like there's so many lessons that can also come from those moments though. Yeah. Like the magic of, okay, like putting down the self-development book and picking yeah. up a creative one. Okay, cool. You get to d like dive into your creativity or, mm. you know, how can I learn to be in flow here and like take the hits rather than constantly controlling or so true. whatever it is. Like, yeah. There's a, an opportunity. There's <laughs> a lot of learning and slowing down. Like I found since leaving um, my last job, having that time, like having so much more time has been the most stressful thing I feel I've ever experienced. <laughs> like, I just don't know what to do with my time. I'm stressing out that I'm wasting it or that I, you know, I'm not making progress. Whereas before mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I'm working from, you know, seven to six every day guaranteed. Yeah. And then in all the other times I'm doing the podcast and all my time's taken up. I'm feeling busy. I'm feeling productive. 
but then that actually wasn't really being productive at all. And then when I had the time to think, sit and think with myself, it was just everything they'd built up from the, la- the last nine months of not doing that slammed <laughs> into me. And I was like, okay, now I actually need to make a decision about what I really want. And even though that was, well, I'm still going through it, that is hard. Mm. It's so important because I've learned so much about myself and actually mm. learned my weaknesses in a way. Like I thought, mm. you know, I sort of had it all under control. I thought I was doing pretty good. But actually, no, there's so many things that I'm learning about myself. And even though it can be hard, it's also just so crucial at the same time. I know. I just think it is super important, you know, um, like I am lucky that my husband and I talk about like mental health and this sort of stuff a lot. And we also talk about money a lot because I sort of force that on him. And after seven years, it's worn him down. <laughs> but, <CFO>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was saying to me the other night that his biggest learning from 2020 is he was forced to have the space. Like when mm. you're out of your you know, standard day to day in the routine that, you know, he was forced to have the space to learn about himself. And it's probably in any year he's, you know, in his late thirties in, he's like, I've learned the most about myself as an individual in the last year. Mm. And it wasn't because he didn't previously want to do that. It was just because it was forced on him. Yes. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you need someone else to like push you off the cliff to do that. Absolutely. Um, but it's been super <laughs> valuable. And it's really interesting because, you know, he's now in a space where he's feeling really good. And I'm in this space of like, oh God, I'm really tired. I need someone here to support me because mm. I've been the supporting person for the last year. And it's just, mm. I think to your point, it's like, give yourself some space find people that understand what you're doing or at least you know have they don't they don't necessarily have to want to do the same things you're doing but at least get what it's about and mm. be willing to support you in that and you know it, those sorts of things come in swings and roundabouts and I guarantee you like when you feel really good about the decisions that you've made and you're like wow I am in this great headspace about it at that point in time is when you're best able to support other people through mm. that mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, And something I wanted to ask specifically a financial advisor about (laughs) is, and we sort of touched on this on a recent episode we did that you would have already listened Mm. to listeners with Kat, but um, it's around seeking professional advice. So it is something that people always hear and disclaim. And we always talk about go and seek professional advice. When someone is stressing out about their money, who can they go and see? Is a financial advisor someone that would help them in, if you're living in New Zealand? And Yeah, yeah. So I definitely think if you're worried about money, seeking out someone that's either like a budgeting advisor, mm. um, depending on you know what you're stressing about, or a financial advisor is really helpful. If, if you're sort of day-to-day, like it's day-to-day money stress, there's some really good resources, um, like government resources out there where you, I think it's the Money Talks hotline. You yep. can call, like phone up and actually talk through kind of that more sort of day-to-day stuff. Whereas if, you know, you just feel like you're in a rut or you're stressed about where to from here. And, and I think stress about money, it's probably important to say, doesn't have to mean you're stressing about not having enough money. Yeah. You can be stressed about making a decision around your house or how you're going to afford your children's school fees or how your parents are going to retire and how you might need to help them or vice versa. And, um, you know, how to get yourself and your partner on the same like money journey, all of those sorts of things contribute to money stress and they're very, very valid. Mm. And I think that that's where having a third party that is totally independent and 
can provide like a view to both you know individuals if there's two of you or yourself is really really helpful because having been in the situation of being an advisor and also having an advisor I know all of the things that I should be telling someone else you know if you came to me and said Kat I want financial advice about this these are the things that I would tell you I know that in my mind Mm. doing them myself is so so much harder and I think that's where you know it's important to recognize your own weaknesses you know recognize like the areas where you do need advice because it's really easy to get in your own head and get bogged down about that mm. so yeah there's there's some great resources if people are stressed about money i think you know having a look on the sorted website and looking at money talks at one point would be great um, mary holm has a list of independent financial advisors if you're looking for someone that more needs to discuss you know um kind of a more holistic financial Mm. situation or help two people um come the same page funnily enough i was asked a couple of weeks ago to provide a referral for and a couple that are in there i think they're in their 60s um they've had some medical issues so like they're looking to retire probably sooner than they had planned Mm. and they have if you looked at them from an outside view more than enough money to retire they they are very financially secure but they both are really struggling with this change in their life you know moving to retirement sooner than they had anticipated and they both have very different views of what that looks like and they can't reconcile that situation together Mm. there's no point going around and around in circles having the same argument and trying to get the other person on the same page it's really hard to talk to other people about money and you know if you just sit down with someone um, and have even just an hour conversation and get them to basically, you know, adjudicate and provide an outside view that can really, truly be invaluable. Yeah, that's a really awesome perspective. And I'll put the Money Talks um, line in the bio as well as Lifeline, which you can call if you need support as well. To sort of summarise, I'd love to hear your both of your thoughts around what you are both doing to combat resilience fatigue at the moment the immediate things that i'm doing right now is journaling every day to try and keep a bit of a record of like how i'm feeling and things that are contributing to that um i've spoken to my husband about it so he is on board so you know speaking to someone getting them to help you also to keep you accountable with that Mm. you know you've told someone how you're feeling they're going to make sure that you're doing things to help you feel better as opposed Mm. to putting them off. Um, Exercise for me is really important. So getting into a bit of a routine on that and then just being a lot kinder to myself. So I think one thing that 2020 has also taught people is um, the value of your own time and obviously saying no to things. So making sure that you have enough space in your own day and timetable to be able to like recuperate or regenerate as you need to um and then just the other basic thing is that we both talked about um seeking professional help so we were lucky that uh through luke's old employer he had an employee assistance program which Mm. some people might have depending on where they work and they um provided a series of like free counseling sessions which we did use last year when he lost his job because we felt like it was just a pretty significant change in our life um and we might go back to that lady but again that's that whole combo of you know you have to invest in yourself to move forward sometimes and although you know yeah it's just prioritizing that so that's kind of where where we are at cool yeah that's awesome and for me i would say i think the first one well there's probably two so 
first one is um, redefining what I consider success to be um, mm. in terms of money. It's so, so important. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, what is financial success or financial freedom and what am I actually moving towards? And what is this idea of like, go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And why do I mm. feel this need to do that all the time? Um, and so that is one. And I think working through that with my boyfriend is also another thing because he is also very go, go, go. And I'm trying to pull the handbrake to be like, actually, how about we be present? <laughs> <laughs> Live in the moment, yeah. please. <laughs> how about we go out for dinner? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then building on that, finding a sense of balance. So I think, um, yeah, what we were talking about before is like being okay with going out and splashing um, out here and there um, and not being so obsessed. Mm. I think as much as, so the thing for me this year, I've really tried to set up like uh, doing the pay yourself first thing where, you know, I have auto invest and I see the money go out of my account before I can spend it to yeah. start investing. But with that has actually come with a lot of like realization that I am an overspender and yeah. that at the end of those two weeks, like I have no money left. <laughs> Holy crap. Like what, what is that about? And so trying to reduce my um, obsession with then trying to reduce my expenses further. So mm. it's like, it's the grow, grow, grow. How do I do more, more, more? So mm. Maybe it's actually a case of, okay, I can't live within those means. Maybe I should reduce my, what, how much I'm investing so that I can be, feel less stressed about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. I think I'm very similar in the sense of trying to work <laughs> out, well, redefine my definition of financial freedom, especially, and work out mm. what that means to me now and how I'm looking to achieve that going forward. And I guess ultimately going into every new year, or new week, or new day even, you don't really know what is going to happen. So mm. you kind of just need to adjust and plan for what makes you feel most in control and then be able mm. to sort of ride out. It's kind of like the share market if we're going to go to <laughs> <I know laughs> be able to ride out the highs and the lows um but yeah to just being able to do as much as you can to feel comfortable and then working through it um as as things happen and go along throughout the year so really cool to hear both of your perspectives and thank you both for being so open I really appreciate it I think that kind of vulnerability is really important to these discussions, especially around money, because so many people don't feel comfortable to be open about how much they're getting paid in, in their salary, let alone what they're <laughs> struggling with. So really appreciate it. Thank you both for your time. You're welcome. Same to you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Disclaimer time. So the One Up Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one. 